Welcome. My name is Carl Schostrom, and in this episode of Getting Executive Conversation, we're going to be looking at long-term incentive plans. And like with all other episodes, it'll just be a very high-level overview, followed by some pointers as to what you may want to consider when you're looking at signing or evaluating how companies operate their long-term incentive plans. So what is a long-term incentive? Well, a long-term incentive plan is a variable compensation plan that uh, runs over more than 12 months. That's usually how we look at it. Up to 12 months, short-term, beyond 12 months, long-term. And there are people who talk about gray zones in between, about medium-term plans, very long-term plans, and so on. But essentially, here, mainly considering plans that run over, say, three years, maybe five years, and they have a long-term perspective to them. The way they tend to be shaped is either by being delivered in whole shares or through options over shares or in cash. And we can also have, like we talked a bit about in the short-term incentive episode, we can have deferrals and we can have retention mechanisms also built into long-term incentive plans. When we're designing long-term incentive plans, there are three things that we in particular need to pay, pay attention to. is the value drivers, is the time frame, and it's the risk-reward relationship. Value drivers refers to how do we deliver the incentive and what do we deliver it for. So we may have performance targets attached in a similar way to short-term incentives or annual bonus plans. And we also may have uh, value drivers in the delivery. So we are awarding something that gives the participant shares or the access to buy shares through options, then that is a value driver in itself. The other aspect is time frame. So we've decided on whether we're going to use cash or equity and if there's going to be some performance. And then we need to decide, okay, so over what time frame? And the time frame may be different when it comes to performance. It may be different to vesting, which vesting is when the individual participant gains the right to the award. And the exercise, which in the case of options, is when you exercise the right that you have received in the vesting of the options uh, and therefore materialize the value from the incentive. So performance periods in a long-term incentive can be short. It's not unusual in some countries that we have a single-year performance period. Effectively, they're deferred bonus arrangements. So you perform over a year and then you get so many shares or so much cash, say the end of year three. The time frame for vesting can also be both short and long-term within a long-term incentive. So uh, for option plans, we often see the vesting in thirds over a three-year period. And then the exercise periods will also vary and they will vary essentially around evaluation points. And finally, the risk-reward relationship. Like we talked about before in the annual bonus episode, 
it's very important to consider what type of behavior that we're incentivizing through the long-term incentive. We have a certain level of opportunity that we provide the participant and that needs to be set. And then we need to consider, okay, so what type of risk-taking is required to succeed in order to see those opportunities materialize? So the risk and reward relationship is very, very key to long-term incentives. We, we have touched on this before, but what type of behavior are we really asking for? What type of actions are we asking for if we set the opportunity at a certain level? Will it make individuals take risk? Do, will they accept personal risk in a different way? We can design this into it. We can design, for example, investment requirements into the incentive and does the risk taking get affected by whether we are delivering this in shares or in cash or in stock options which are a leveraged instrument uh, linked to the shares very important then how we then balance these three aspects so the value drivers so what is it that you make money for how is that driving risk behaviors and what's the time frame that we are operating over? So what are the things we should be in particular looking out for when we're evaluating long-term incentives? Well, we'll go into a bit more detail, both on what they are and how they're designed and what things to look out for when it comes to types of long-term incentives. We'll have upcoming episodes on both stock options and performance share plans and also restricted stock and deferred bonus plans. But when we're looking at the general evaluation of long-term incentives, the first thing is to see how does it align with the long-term success and survival of the organization? So is this rewarding the right things for this company to hang around for another 50, 100 years? Or is it something that is effectively incentivizing an exit and so on? Long-term incentive plans are quite, they're quite inflexible. The short-term incentive plan, we can move and change from year to year. There's not a long period where we can see that the, the uh, decision we made around performance or design was perhaps not spot on. So we can then tweak it and change it. Long-term incentives are much more rigid. We, we can't change them easily. So we need to bake that into the way we design around the, the aspects of time, value drivers, and the risk-reward relationship. So the alignment with long-term survival is very important, and to, to see that that is something that will work and last for a long period of time. The second thing is to just ensure that we are aligned with our stakeholders, a lot of long-term incentives are designed or justified by the alignment with its shareholders and indeed with other stakeholders as well, such as uh, the society at large and employees and, and uh, suppliers and partners and so on. Whether that's true or not does need to be evaluated through the design. Simply having shares in a plan or something linked to shares like stock options doesn't guarantee that we are aligned with the interests of other investors. Other investors will have different uh, profiles in their, in their portfolios. Here we're talking about individuals who have 
their livelihood, their family's livelihoods, tied into through both salary, incentives, and perhaps personal investments into single organization, that can create friction with the interests of different stakeholders. Also, different shareholder groups have different interests. So being aligned with institutional investors may not be ideal for the large family shareholders or for the retail investors. And all these aspects need to be considered. Finally, the last thing is to come back to that this is an incentive and therefore it's all about signaling. The long-term incentive plan will have a certain retention effect, it will have a certain attraction effect, and it may or may not be motivational, but it will, as we've discussed before, send signals. So what are the actions and behaviors that this incentive signals are important? What is the delivery that this incentive says will ensure the long-term success and survival of the organization? I hope this has been helpful. I hope you've now gained a little bit more insight into how and why companies operate long-term incentives. I hope you'll join me for other episodes uh, like the forthcoming ones where we'll be looking at different long-term incentive plans in a bit more detail. Uh, I hope that you also uh, continue to support this channel and thank you for listening.